Welcome to the Catholic Youth Podcast, a podcast that will encourage and inspire you in engaging with young people in Catholic youth ministry. I'm Juliana, and in today's episode number 11, How to Handle Tricky Faith Conversations, I'm sitting down with a returning favourite podcast guest, my colleague, Julian Nguyen, coordinator of the Catholic Office for Youth and Young Adults, to talk through some points on how to respond to those sticky faith questions that you may get. So this topic has been our hands down most requested episode topic ever. And as people working in youth ministry, responding to those tricky faith related questions is something we do on the regular. So today we're gonna run you through some tried and tested steps that we hope you can take on board to handle any tricky faith conversation that comes your way. So let's jump right in. Hey, Julian. Hey, Juliana. Welcome back to the Catholic oh, Youth Podcast. Thank you for having me on. It's so good making that two meter trip down the office to yeah. come join me this morning. I think every podcast I jump onto, it's acknowledged that we don't travel very far <laughs> <laughs> to make this happen. You just roll out minimum <laughs> yeah. effort, but maximum output. Yes, I am dressed well, though, for work. <laughs> for, I haven't just rolled out of bed. <laughs> for people's visualization. <laughs> yes. This is a very professional setup. Absolutely. So, as you can probably tell we've had you on our um, podcast before in episode Mm. one the first episode ever of season one yeah um so if you haven't listened to that one guys head back over i recommend that you check it out and hear more of julian's wisdom and his many many great stories Um, so as a quick intro, so you're Julian and you work mm-hmm. with me as our coordinator here in the Catholic Office for Youth and Young Adults, yes. known as COYA, right here in Adelaide. Mm-hmm. Um, so to kick us off, what do you love about working in youth ministry? Oh, gosh. What do I love? I think it's being able to journey with others yeah. in their in their faith journey. Yeah. So whether wherever that is, whether yeah. they're at the beginning of their journey um, and, and now in this role, seeing the, the beginning of the journey in youth ministry or they're more a seasoned pro, you know, they're yeah. really into it, they know what they're doing and we're there to support that, you know, yeah. seeing that journey is pretty cool. That it's a huge spectrum, isn't mm, it? Like, absolutely. And it's great to be on a journey and it's actually quite a, a special privileged place. Although, you know, those working youth ministry know it's um, something quite tricky, you have to pivot a lot. Uh, there's so many elements and factors oh, coming in, but it's absolutely. such a special space to work in. Right? It's special, but like you said, it is so challenging because it pulls on so many different parts yeah. of you, you yeah. know, like spiritually, um, emotionally, um, and it's youth ministry is so broad. Yeah. So it can be so demanding. You need to have so many skills and tools um, to, to work in youth ministry, oh. uh, which I think people don't appreciate. So it is tough. It is tough, but it's good and it's worth it. And that segues into perfectly what we're talking about today in that hmm. spiritual youth ministry tool belt that we're building through yes. these conversations. Mm-hmm. Um, so we're here today to record about tricky faith conversations. You know, you're mm. at that party or yep. you're at the Christmas lunch or you, you know, you, you're having a youth group and someone asks you something really difficult. It's the thing that every youth minister dreads, right? Yeah, absolutely. And that's, I think that's happened before to yes. many. Yes. Um, it certainly happened to myself. Yes. <laughs> um, I think it may, it may have happened to you too. Then, and that's why it's been so, um, I guess, requested. Yeah. Like, you know, people want to know, well, how do I handle um, a tricky question? 
Yeah, absolutely. Um, and so, you know, it's something that we've we've had to deal with in, in our line of work and in personal lives as well. Um, so today we've just got some, we've, we've brainstormed, you know, we've got out the whiteboard and the textures mm-hmm. and we've come up with five really practical steps that yeah. you can take mm-hmm. to handle any tricky faith question that comes your way. Yeah. Now to preface it, um, we're not talking about like cookie cutter answers that, you know, refer to a catechism paragraph, you mm. know, 49 or, yeah. you know, the, the gospel of Luke to, at this or that. Yeah. Cause I think that sometimes people want to know, you know, exactly what should I say? What's the 100% a plus answer that I can give in any um, situation to make sure it goes well. Mm. Well, to burst your bubble, it's not quite like that. Um, no, it's not. It's more how you approach the person and how you talk it through. So we really hope that um, by us talking through these steps, they can help equip you that when you get those tricky questions where someone brings up something controversial or difficult, mm-hmm. you have um, the tools to be able to respond um, well and to make that a really great, meaningful. Yeah, and this is going to take practice as yes. well. Like, you, you, we're not we're not saying that we've we're experts in this and Absolutely we've executed not. this perfectly, but we think these things will help you to navigate this. Absolutely, and and you know we've certainly made mistakes, continue to make mistakes, and mm. um, yeah, making mistakes at some point is is part of it. Um, but yeah, hopefully you don't feel as apprehensive or nervous about it. Um, yeah. We're here with you. Mm-hmm. Our voices are here with you when this happens. Yes. Beautiful. So let's dive in. Yeah. Okay. So point number one, um, which I like to call, it's the, you know, you're at a party or you're at a youth group and someone brings up something controversial and they know that maybe you're a spiritual person, a person with, you know, experience in this and they ask you. So step number one is, well, congratulations, you've been chosen. You're you the chosen the one. Chosen one. <laughs> for for the tricky, <laughs> tricky question. Um and it's really hard to slip the narrative on this, right? Um, hmm. So we had a chat about this and that you're if someone asks you something tricky, faith related, you're actually seen as having a particular knowledge or wisdom or experience or skill set. Like that person who's asking you sees you as being equipped to enter into this conversation yeah, right yeah absolutely we, we we said as well like if we in our line of work we go and ask people yes um things that we don't know yeah and why do we ever approach a certain person mm-hmm. because we really we think they're going to give us the answer yeah so we we re- firstly respect what they're about to say yes. or could potentially say and we go and seek them out yeah, absolutely. And you pointed that right, mm. that you're that they're a trusted or respected person. So that yeah. person actually sees you as someone trustworthy, as that they have respect. And hey, and even if they don't think any of the above, they, they don't think you're knowledgeable or they don't think you're trustworthy or respective, in some way or another, God has chosen you. Like God is using you in this moment mm. to have this tricky conversation. There's so an opportunity. There's an opportunity, yeah. right? Um, so I guess that's changing your mindset that that's something positive. Mm. So congratulations, you've been chosen. And this actually made me think, um, this happened to me that I was at a youth group offering a session and we finished a bit early and I thought, why not just throw questions out to the crowd? So I went and said, hey, ask me anything. So the question they asked me was something along the lines of how can you dress fashionably and look good while still being modest? And, um, you know, 
I was a bit alarmed at the time, like I'd never been asked that before and I answered mm. the question to my best ability and then I was reflecting on it with a colleague. I thought, well, that's a bit of a weird question to ask, right? Like if you could <laughs> ask anything to anyone, why would you ask that? Yeah. And the colleague said, well, they probably see you as someone who dresses well, that's, you know, fashionable and looks good and, and, and that's sort of a role model for that and that's why they asked. That story, that encounter actually made me sort of flip the narrative that when someone asks you something is because they, they see you as having a particular knowledge or skill set yeah. or, or respect for that. Oh, that's pretty good that they've asked you that question as well. That must have <laughs> <laughs> What, they didn't ask you that question? <laughs> I don't ask. I don't get asked about don't get asked. how to dress fashionably. <laughs> Yet. Yeah, you never know. Maybe that's, that could be our next yeah. topic. <laughs> no, but I think you're onto something there. If people are seeking you out, it must be something good. So you've been asked the question. Congratulations. You've been mm. chosen um, as the one to enter into this conversation are there any things in that initial sort of first moments that you know people should be aware of uh i think knowing your setting yeah. is also very important so you know are, are you at a, a family party yeah are you out and you've had a few you know alcoholic beverages yes you know are you in a position a good position yeah to be able to really dive into this conversation yeah i think knowing knowing those things and really considering those things can really help Absolutely. Um, if it's a loud party, you know, is it the, really the right moment to, to dive into this? Yeah. Maybe not. Yeah. Um, if it's a small party, maybe it is. Yeah. Um, so really having an awareness for that, I think, can really help. And I guess that can also influence like the language and the, the wording and, and the way you go about it as well. So just, mm. yeah, keeping that in mind um, yeah. before you're, you're diving in. Yeah. Um, yeah. What's sort of appropriate in that? And then sort of the final thing I would say is maybe just take a bit of a breath. Like if it's something that's really thrown you off, like it's okay to take a moment to pause, to keep mm. calm, maybe say a quick prayer um, and then yeah, jump into the next step. Yeah, it gives you, it gives you an opportunity to gather your thoughts yes. to then dive into the, the conversation. Beautiful. So once you've done that, you've um, taken your breath and said your prayer, what's our next step that we'd go into? Listen. Listen. I would say listening is such an important part of a tricky conversation. Yeah. And and I really, when I say listen, I think it's, you know, really giving the person who's mm. asked the question the space yes. to explain themselves. So instead of just perhaps jumping in with a follow-up question um, and a closed, a closed question, maybe it's about following it up with an open question. Oh, what's, what's the difference between a closed and an open question? So a, a closed question is asking, you know, a, comment, a question where they can only answer with um, one word. Yeah. Yes or no. Yes. You know, whereas an open question, it's a question where I guess it's not a yes or no answer. It's like probing for more, maybe. Probing for more, yeah. yeah. And it's open-ended, so that means you're not really pointing the person in any sort of direction either. Yeah. You, maybe, you know, you ask them, then, oh, well, tell me a bit more. What's what's making you think that way? Yeah. You know, so in the inflection in your voice means what's making you think that way? Then they can dive into any point that matters to them mm. and they continue on. You're not sort of boxing them in. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I think that comes back to, you know, not wanting to interrupt or try and push or manipulate the conversation. And, yes. and maybe the person might be talking a long time about something mm. and we want to kind of jump in and be like, oh, that point is wrong or that's not right or I, I have an opinion about that. But I guess just letting them, you know, put all the cards on the table like, yeah. to really speak it out. Yeah, absolutely. And and the other thing I would say is that open question is one thing. 
but paraphrasing as well. Mm. Um, and paraphrasing is similar to summarizing, but paraphrasing really is just repeating back in, yeah. in very short form what the other person said to you. Yeah. But if you do that well, so let's say if you paraphrase um, and, and um, you just pick out two or three things that they've said to you and you, you say that back to them, mm. they either confirm or deny what you've just said. So if they confirm it, it means you're understanding them. Yeah. So you're really listening at this point if you paraphrase well. So two or three things. And if they say, if they say, yeah, that's it. And if you allow it to be open, they continue on. So you'd probably want to say something like, um, oh, you know, so from what I've heard from what you've just said, you know, um, this thing is really important to you or or so you kind of, repeat mm. back what what you've heard them say so they can yeah. say oh yes that's what i meant or no that's not what i meant at all and yeah then you repeat again like Absolutely. Let, let them talk it through again yeah because you may have misheard them yes. as well so in that paraphrasing it gives them it gives you a chance to clarify anything yeah okay mm. do you have any tips on how to listen attentively how to hear them out in a, in a practical sense I would say eye contact is a good one. Mm-hmm. Um, having a good balance of eye contact, um, your body position as yeah. well. So let's say if you're seated, you know, really turning towards them and being open. Mm-hmm. Um, folded arms sometimes, if you cross your arms like you're in church, yeah. <laughs> can be a little bit standoffish. You um, cross your arms in church? <laughs> <laughs> don't you? <laughs> This is too standoff for church. Is it? Yeah. Um, but yeah, you know, when you cross your arms, that yes. can be, uh, you know, natural in a conversation, yeah. but a bit standoffish. Okay. Um, so being open in your body posture. Right. Um, and, and the way that you're looking at somebody in a conversation yeah. can really, um, I guess, promote um, attentive listening. Yeah. Like you're not being distracted by anything, like you're present for them. And I guess that's probably a sign that you really care, mm. right? So letting yeah. that seep through your listening that okay this space is for you i'm here for you i actually care about you and what you have to say in your experiences yeah absolutely goes back to a little bit towards that what we were talking about Mm. being aware of your setting Mm. um so you know not being distracted in a way but yeah those are the things i would say and maybe even pulling someone to the side like if you're in a setting that's um a bit distracting or or not conducive for that being like Mm. hey do you want to have a chat outside or yeah one thing i really like someone told me once is have deep conversations while you're driving because yeah sometimes people feel comfortable like looking forward and not necessarily at each other yeah (laughs) yeah yeah i haven't tried that one out but i i might try that in the future next time i have a controversial question to ask just drag him into the car just yeah come into the car with me (laughs) i really liked how you sort of shared about how actually listening and repeating back um, helps a person feel like they've been well listened to. Mm. So have you had that in any times? Like, I, I guess people don't actually know. Well, I know because I have the privilege of working with you and hearing your stories mm. that back in the day, you've had a long um, career in social work in many different roles in that. And yeah. so talking to young people in tricky situations as well as about tricky um, topics, that's, yep. that's been your bread and butter. So yeah, 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 absolutely. I, I think if I had to, you know, think of an example, I guess, and, and the many times I've spoken to young people yeah. about tricky conversations, particularly around offending. Yes. Um, <laughs> it, it can bring a lot of embarrassment and shame yeah. um, for a young person. So the things that I think are really important is building a relationship. Mm. You know, or, or if you have an existing relationship with the person asking you a question, yeah. that certainly helps. Yeah. But if you don't have a really good one, uh, you know, maybe it's worth building upon that 
yeah as well to to really allow the conversation to to flow yeah um because if you don't know the person very well then i think it makes it harder for you to dive into a deep conversation yeah building that relationship is one thing and and i would jump in and say that in in dealing with tricky conversations like this i i don't think you're going to convince Mm. somebody in one conversation sure but you will lose them forever if you don't deal with it correctly (sighs) in the beginning phase so if you come off as judgmental or close or not willing to jump into this conversation they probably won't come back. Yeah. So you'll lose them in one conversation, but you definitely won't change their opinion in one conversation. Yeah, it's an ongoing thing. It takes thing. time. Yeah. yeah. But you do have that power to completely put them off. And I think absolutely. we've all we've all had that mm. in, in one way or another in our lives, right? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. And, and it, it can take several conversations. So I, I remember when I um, interviewed a young person um, for a court report. Yeah. Um, and the first, first time we sat down for an hour and it really went, didn't really go deep. Yes. into what we were trying to explore. By the time the second conversation came around, so a week later, again, the conversation was still very stagnant. You know, he, mm. he wasn't willing to open up to, yeah. to me just yet, although he was giving some information but not others. And then by the third week, so this is three hours in now, yeah. all of a sudden it started to open up yeah. because we were starting to really understand each other. Yeah. Um, and, you know, then the conversation started to flow. Mm. And then I was able to start to really dive into and do all the listening parts yeah. well. So being able to ask open questions because then the, the other person willing to talk. Yeah. I was able to paraphrase. So that allowed for even for me to uh, really affirm what I was hearing. Uh, and, and yeah, it made for a better experience. Amazing. And if you like, I'm thinking that conversely, if you had a hidden agenda or you think, oh, I don't have three weeks and three hours to do this and you try to push that in the first hour, probably would have gotten complete shutdown and wouldn't yeah. have, no one would have gotten anywhere. Yeah, so, correct. Yeah, that's really um, encouraging that it's it's a long game sort of mm. thing and yeah. takes the pressure off that you have to do everything within this 45 minute you know conversation session that no, it's an on, everyone's on an ongoing journey mm. and this conversation is a is a chink in in that journey that's you know going to influence wherever that person's being led by god i guess mm, yeah. yeah so in saying that about um you know giving that um acknowledging what they've shared and repeating back and then asking asking those opening questions that leads perfectly into step three which is get curious and that's where we we do that we ask those follow-up questions like isn't it horrible when you're sharing a story or something with someone and they're just like yep that, that was cool. Like, you know, when we share mm. something deep, we want someone to be able to, you know, speak back into it or show in the interest. So that's mm. that's the next step. After you've done your your listening, um, non-judgmental, just attentive listening, those gentle sort of follow-up questions. And one thing that I think is really important is asking, you know, where this issue or question or topic has come from for them if they haven't sort of shared about that. Um, it might be something very deep or controversial or tricky, mm. but usually it's linked to some sort of personal experience or some sort of story or something that they're going through, right? Um, yeah. So, yeah, how can you follow up better about about that when you're in that stage of getting curious? Well, I think, it, again, it's about asking the open questions mm-hmm. and getting a better understanding of the person. Yeah. You know, sometimes the question is the very top layer of the, you know, of the iceberg. Yeah. But like you said, there's so much more under the surface that – you take you need to take time to understand and yeah. and maybe then it's not about just answering the one question but it's about exploring and journeying with them to just 
you know, explore all the things beneath the surface. Yeah. Yeah. And through that, you are potentially exploring the answer. Mm. You're not throwing the answer at somebody, but you're journeying with them to discover the answer. And that's a real social worky thing. It's not like it, it's it's not about throwing the answer at somebody, yes. but it's about helping them to come to the realization for themselves. Yeah, the coming to the realization of change, you yeah. know. And if you look into it, there's lots of studies that say, yeah, once they are able to move there themselves, it's much more uh, impactful and much yeah. more powerful. Wow. I think we've all had those experiences when we've had a conversation with someone and we really want them to ask about something or to show interest in something and it just kind of gets brushed aside. Mm. Um, so this phase is all about not letting things be unmet or un- un- untouched um, mm. to really show that care and curiosity. Yeah, seeing it as a real positive. Yeah, absolutely. So step number four, which is take a pastoral approach. Mm. Now, this is something that's sort of the umbrella for how we should meet and respond and talk with someone that the whole thing that Jesus said, the love your neighbor, that should be our overarching umbrella that's over all of our theology, apologetics, other experiences, you know, scripture reading, catechism, all of that, that Mm -hmm. that your response really needs to be shown to be loving to that person where they are. Mm-hmm. Um, so really that's the opposite of being defensive or judgmental or argumentative. Yes. Yeah, yeah absolutely. And, and because if you are judgmental or argumentative, then yeah, you can put people off from ever having this conversation again. Yeah. And it just makes the whole thing really negative for them. Yeah, absolutely. And I, and I guess that's people remember not exactly what you say, but how they make you feel, right? Yeah, absolutely. So even if they only remember a few points of, of the conversation, if overall they're, they've felt love and respected and dignified that we're, we're acknowledging their inherent dignity in this conversation, we're not putting them down or saying mm. that's absolutely stupid because this or that. We're able to just show love and navigate and journey in that conversation together. Mm. That's really important. Yeah. So, yeah, it's not about sort of memorizing bits of the Bible or the catechism or things like that. Although all of that is really important in our journeys, like knowing our scriptures and things, mm-hmm. we just want to take a loving approach at this stage. It's yes. not hitting them with with verses or things. Yeah, yeah. correct. <laughs> and this really, for me, I experienced this at a really young age when I was in middle school and I was, and it stuck to me until now. Um, and I wasn't the person asking the questions or even in the conversation. I just have a distinct memory of being in my middle school library and would come from religion class, which was the infamous sort of sex ed class. Um, and mm-hmm. I was, you know, 13 year old me hanging out in the library. That probably tells you a lot about my personality, um. but <laughs> oh, oh, not much has changed. Not much has changed. Um, <laughs> And I was just there and I overheard a group of girls asking the teacher that was on sort of supervisor duty. Mm. So she wasn't even like fully working on, you know, she probably had about two seconds to have her lunch and had to sit in the library and look after us girls. Um, but she was also a religion teacher and mm. they approached her in lunchtime and um, were asking her follow-up questions about the sex ed class. Yeah. And to this day, I can remember this teacher just, you know, put her stuff aside, put her marking aside, sat down, 
was present with the girls, really heard them out, heard their questions, and really lovingly answered their questions, was able to tie in sort of theology, the scriptural references. And it was just in this like really loving way that even me, who wasn't part of the conversation, that was just sneakily overhearing it through the bookshelves, Hmm. was really touched that, you know, oh, this is a really great topic, something really sacred, something really good, um, something that's life-giving, instead of just you know, you could imagine if you're in lunchtime and the teacher would have probably been all right to have been like, sorry, girls, shut down. I'm at lunch. I don't want to talk about this difficult thing. But to this day, that that affected me as just a, a bystander, as something really positive. Yeah. Have you had um, any experiences of people taking just that really loving pastoral approach? In our youth group, we um, were looking after the 16 to, to 19 year olds. Yeah. Like, they're very curious. Yeah. Um, you know, and I think like, you know, I, I remember there was one occasion where, you know, the, the young person um, in, in the group asked the tricky question. Yeah. I can't remember what it was, but um, one of the leaders said, oh, let's go for a walk and we'll have oh, a chat about it. Oh, great. Yeah. How great is that? Mm. And you don't even have to remember what it was, but it was something loving and to not like disrupt or make a scene of it in front of the others. But yeah, it's valid. Those who are doing the activity can, you know, and then we can have that one-on-one. That Mm. person probably really sensed it was something important and necessary for the person. Yeah. So again, it's like, you know, aware of the setting, but yeah, yeah, let's go outside and it's nothing too serious, but we'll just go for a walk and a chat. How cool is that? Mm. Oh, good on good youth ministers. That's... (laughs) That's great. That's a great example. I'm going to put that in my pocket and use it sometime. Yeah. Go for a walk or a drive. (laughs) Or a drive. (laughs) Eyes facing forward. Um, So that leads us to our our fifth and our final point, which is a tricky one in itself, but I think is very, very needed. Um, So number five is know your limits. And this is something... You know, you need a bit of self-awareness and sort of reading the the conversation, reading where it's going. So if someone asks you something tricky or controversial or something very deep, like it may be something that you don't actually have that much knowledge in, Mm. you know, or it's might be something a bit out of your depth. Um, And maybe acknowledging like, hey, maybe you need to actually go check or verify something before you can give a fully informed response, right? Absolutely. Because as as youth ministers, um, we're, we're expected to know you know, know things. Yes. <laughs> but we, we certainly don't know everything. No. And and there's certainly areas where we might have, might be our strength. Yes. And there's areas that we, we might lack knowledge in. Yes. Um, and not so strong in that, in that sense. So I think it's completely okay to acknowledge that to the person too, you know, to say, oh, right. Yeah. I don't, I don't really know much about it, but yeah. we can, we can go find out. Would you like me to find out? Like yeah. I've, I've got this great source that we can go look at. Together, yeah, you know. So I think it's okay to acknowledge, yeah, this is um, this is uh, you know, testing my knowledge or my limits here. Absolutely, and admitting that, like, oh, even you know, it's been a while since I've I've read or heard about that or even thought about that. Or, mm. but always acknowledging that, hey, this is what you're asking is something really important and valid, and I'm really glad that you've asked me. But you know, it's it's something that I'm not really up to speed on yet. Yeah, can we go check it out together, or we mm. can read something together? Another element of that is maybe acknowledging when the topic or the conversation is maybe something personally challenging or triggering as well. Mm. So you might know about it, but you might have had an experience in your life or in the life of a loved one that is actually quite triggering. And we know that, you know, when something is um, triggering for us, we can shut down, we can get defensive and and that's really necessary. So you also need to take care of what's personal to you. Yeah. 
and protect that so you're mm. not in an unsafe space. And that can really alter the way that you're responding yeah. overall to this. Yeah. You know, if you don't know this area so well uh, or, or it has triggered something, yeah. it can it can mean that, all right, maybe you are you are a bit shut off yeah. and all of a sudden you aren't responding yes. uh, to this conversation well. Yeah. So maybe acknowledging that in the safe way and saying something like, hey, you know, I'm really glad that you've asked me about this. Is this something very important? It's about, you know, acknowledging your limits mm-hmm. And always, if you have to do that, if you have to sort of break off, offering a follow-up. Yep. So say like, you know, today is, is just not really good for me. Um, could we maybe meet again next week, same time, same place? And making that a following up and actually following mm. up is really sort of important. Yeah. Um, because as you said before, the conversation should be something ongoing, right? Mm. Yeah. It's not... It should be a journey. A journey. Yeah. Yeah. So making that step to check back in the future Mm. and and see how that goes. Because we know that this happens and, you know, we're all human. We're complex. We've got a lot of things happening. And some days we just can't show up um, in the way that we would like to when we're feeling on top of the world, right? And we know that this has happened in lots of situations. And one I want to talk about about today is it happening at a school where I know that some students um, asked a teacher about a really controversial topic and they were quite riled up about it. And for that teacher, it must have been something that was triggered in that moment. Yeah. Um, so they weren't able to respond as they usually would have, as the students knew them and trusted them and respected them um, because it was something very difficult. So another staff member had to sort of step in and, and take that load. Mm-hmm. But the students felt quite put off by that initial reaction because it wasn't something they were expecting. Yeah. So just to let you know that it is something very normal, that we're you know complex beings that, that have challenges and things can be out of our depth or we lack of knowledge or we're triggering. So have that personal reflection and, and know what your limits are. Or if you're like me and you say something in the moment that you later regret, it's okay to go back again and say, look, I really reflected on what we chatted about and I'm really glad that you came and asked me. I realised in that moment I wasn't able to respond to you in the way that I would have liked to. To take off the high pressure, because usually when someone asks you something very tricky, we feel that high pressure in that moment. So... Mm. Or yeah. a need to give them an answer. Yeah, you right. Know, a black and white answer. Yes, yeah. But unfortunately, it's not it's about not that. It's not always it's that. It's not always <laughs> that, you know. It's um, certainly always. It isn't always that. Yeah, yeah exactly. So to take mm. that pressure off, it's an ongoing thing. You are that little chunk in that person's journey. And if you can make them feel loved and seen and listened in that moment, that's going to be the overarching thing and yeah and in that you can give your reasons and and give your bits of your knowledge to sort of answer their questions absolutely you know give all that but it's the overall approach that's going to help you feel calm and good about heading into these conversations and leave a a positive experience for the person who's asking you Mm. um and hey have that follow-up in the future go on that journey check in with them and you know in a few months say hey we had that conversation how are things going because you're you've been the chosen one yeah (laughs) so julian thanks so much for coming across for this chat today no worries thank you for having me uh on the podcast again fan favorite right here we'll we'll have you again many a time because we've got some other great topics coming up yep would love to chat but before i let you go today i would just like to get from you what's one final piece of advice or encouragement you'd give to those who are maybe still a bit apprehensive of getting stuck in a tricky faith conversation yeah I think my my um my advice would be to really see this as a positive. Yeah. Yeah, we've we've touched on it in the conversation, you know, that you're the chosen one. Yeah. You know, that's you know, really really see it as a positive. Yeah. You know, even if it feels like someone's challenging you, 
really take it as a positive because I think by looking at it in a, in a positive light, then you can be, you know, active and attentive to listening, that you can be curious about it and that you can be pastoral in your approach. If you look at it in a negative light, then those things are harder for you yeah, to, to do. Absolutely. So really look at it, even no matter how that, that question is asked to you, really be positive about it because then those those three things or even all the five things that we've spoken about will come through naturally. Yeah. Thanks so much, Julian, and we'll catch you next time. Thanks, Juliana. Thank you for listening to the Catholic Youth Podcast. Make sure to connect with us on Facebook and Instagram at Cath Youth Adelaide to stay up to date with all the latest information, resources and events. Until next time, see you.